Hello and welcome to the Fire Podcast. I am Ryan Rhodes. On today's episode, how being marked at a young age to know and pursue God led to a move across the country, experiencing revival in the darkness of the Pacific Northwest, but is there hope for Gen Z? Alex is the generation's pastor overseeing the children's, youth, and young adults ministries at The Pursuit in Snohomish, Washington. The Pursuit is experiencing miraculous growth and hunger in a region marked by postmodern thinking and progressive ideologies. With his wife, Brenna, he has cultivated a thriving youth group where teenagers' lives are being transformed and marked by the gospel. This is part two of that conversation, so if you missed the first part, you'll want to jump to episode 32, and that is the beginning of the conversation with Alex Birkins. Once again, if this podcast has impacted you or this ministry has impacted you, would you consider giving a one-time or monthly uh, gift? You can do that at firemovement.com support. Once again, that's firemovement.com support. There you can choose a one-time or monthly gift, uh, as well as uh, we need your help sharing this podcast, getting this out to people. It's making it its way all around the world. Lives are being impacted. There's testimonies coming in uh, from the first part of of this conversation. We actually some had somebody get healed, uh, which is pretty incredible. So I just want to encourage you guys, share it with your friends, share it on your social media, make sure that you follow, you like, you do all the social media things, including leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that helps us come up higher in the search uh, search results when somebody's looking for a podcast on on Christianity or even searching for the Fire Podcast. It'll make us pop up higher. So that's super helpful. Thank you so much uh, for all your support and and for you guys being in this with us. Uh, so uh, we are about to jump into part two of this conversation after a quick sponsor segment. Religion loves Jesus the teacher, is even okay with Jesus the prophet. Religion is not okay with Jesus the breaker of bondage, the transformer of hearts, the savior of nations. Because the real Jesus is the anointed one. He doesn't just have good teachings. He is the, the breaker of bondage. He will transform you. But you got to go after knowing him more. He's worth it. He's worth, he's worth your time. He's worth your life. And there's, there's nothing, this, this city, this nation, the nations of the world are not going to be transformed by a satisfied people. They're going to be transformed by lovesick warriors. Because if he's for us, who can be against us? If the king of the universe and all of his goodness, all of his backing, if all of heaven is for you and standing behind you, supporting you, how, how could anything succeed against you? How could you fail? We could, we could change the world. That's not just a fun phrase. If you'll give your life to this thing, to the real thing, if you'll find the real Jesus, the one who burns with eyes of fire, if you'll get a real hunger in your belly and you don't let anything else stop you, and if you'll, if you'll align yourself with who you are as a son or daughter of God, there is nothing that can stop you. This is the Fire Podcast. Can you can you speak a little bit to what is what is God doing with Gen Z? Is there is there hope? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great question, valid question. I think a lot of people are asking this. Um, I'd say yeah, I think Gen Z, there is hope, and I think that 
I think that a lot of stuff, I mean, everything in life is about perspective, you know, like how we choose to look at different problems, different situations, you know, really determine how we really move forward and, and bring about solutions. And so I think that with Gen Z, you know, we see mental health crisis rising. Um, I think right now in Canada, suicide is the number one cause of death in the age of, I think it's between 12 and 18. Uh, suicide is now the number one leading cause of death in, in wow. Canada. Um, and so we have a mental health crisis. Um, we have, in Gen Z, we have uh, really just a lot of um, stigmas around different social media out- platforms and algorithms and stuff. And I mean, uh, Gen Z is actually really strange though, because about half of them wants to be famous and the other half wants nothing to do with social media, hmm. um, which is really just a strange like dichotomy. I feel like with the millennial generation, everybody wanted to be famous. You know, there wasn't like some, it's like, like every time you post, it's like, I hope this gets likes and a lot of Gen Z is kind of at this point now where they're like, I don't care if this gets any likes, I'm going to post what I want with the creation of like spam accounts and different things like that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Gen Z is just, a, it's a weird, it's a weird beast. Um, I think something that uh, if you are, if you're a parent of a Gen Z person, I'm just going to, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm going to give you some realities that you might not realize um, right now on TikTok. Every single day, uh, there are people that read tarot cards and do different crystal healing methods, um, which is new age practice, which is ultimately, if we're just breaking it down to the lowest common denominator, is witchcraft. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we have people doing uh, incantations on TikTok right now. And, I have lots of students in our youth group that they will say, that's what most of my TikTok looks like is new age stuff or people trying to do tarot card readings. And is that, do you think that's an algorithm thing? Be, like the for you being because you like spiritual things? I think it's, I think it's both um, the algorithm. And I think it's just a partially too with the way that TikTok is set up. So TikTok on the live option, you can just scroll through lives um, not like Instagram. If on Instagram you have to be following someone to be able to, you know, know when they're live and everything like that. On TikTok, you can just go through. There's a button where you can just hit live, and it will literally show you everyone who's live. You can just scroll forever. And so the ones that have the largest gap followings are weird ASMR stuff, uh, which is just goofy. Uh, girls being uh, sexually inappropriate, and the third one is tarot card reading. Those are the top three uh, on wow. the app, and uh, and so um, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing, um, and uh, and so I think, to, I think Gen Z is intrinsic is intrinsically spiritual, um, in the sense that they are longing for some sort of out of body experience. Uh, if you go on YouTube right now, you can search astral projection or how to astral project. And those videos all have millions, millions of views. Uh, And it's because people are just deeply looking. They're deeply hungry for some sort of -of out-of-body spiritual encounter. Um, Unfortunately, 
when you go for that kind of stuff, you will have an out-of-body spiritual encounter, but it's with demons. <laughs> and so uh, lucid dreaming is also another way that people are really trying to just, again, they're just they're hungry for something that's outside of reality. I think part of that comes from uh, Gen Z not knowing how to, because of the mental health crisis and just the normalization of mental health issues, um, you have a lot of people self-diagnosing. Um, and so as soon as I feel something that's hard or that I don't know how to, where to place in my mind emotionally, then automatically I have anxiety or I have depression or I have multiple personality disorder or, you know, whatever, you know, the list is so long at this point. And so we have a, a more of a crisis of self-diagnosis than I think really of, um, actual medical, you know, issues going on. I think a lot of people will just assume that because I'm sad, I'm depressed or I have depression, um, which isn't necessarily wrong or, you know, it could be true. It's just the problem is that we, uh, with Gen Z, we have a, a big issue with people really and this. I mean, we can go, this conversation can go a million different ways. So I'll just take it a little bit on a, a little rabbit trail. Uh, but right now in culture, the most valuable person is the most um, victimized person. Mm -hmm. And so if you're straight, if you're white, and if you don't struggle with some sort of mental health issue, then you are deemed invaluable and you're deemed as someone that really is, um, even in some circles, you're, you're considered an oppressor, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, students then Gen Z in an effort to, be accepted I think a lot of the time um, by their peers and to not and to be seen as an ally uh, will say well no I have this uh, I have this uh, mental health issue going on or well no uh, I, I'm not I'm not straight I'm bi or you know you know all these different things and I think a lot of the time it's just really just this effort to be seen as valuable that I, that my story still has, that my story still matters, that my story still has impact and is worth listening to. And that, you know, I'm worth, I'm a person that has intrinsic value, but the problem with society right now is that everything that has value is based off of victimization instead of off of the cross, which I mean, all this is really antithetical to the practice and the, the, the ways of Jesus, you know, that mm -hmm. Jesus places value on the tax collector just as much as he does on the beggar. You know, Jesus puts just as much value on the Jew, just as much as he does on the Roman, you know. And so, you know, for for us, you know, in this society, we have to recognize that, you know, Jesus is not looking for, he's not looking at your resume of victimization for, to put value on you, um, but the culture in this moment does. And so uh, all that to say, though, I think the reason why we can have a lot of hope, though, about Gen Z is because Gen Z is deeply looking for some sort of spiritual out-of-body encounter with something that's beyond themselves, mm -hmm. which ultimately it makes my job as a youth pastor really easy because then I can say, hey, the Lord of all the universe wants to have an encounter in a, in a place in your heart, you know? And, and so then people who are actively looking to open their third eye, which we have testimonies of this all the time, people practicing new age, actively practicing new age, um, 
and I think in Seattle specifically, this is more of a stronghold up here as uh, new age practice and, and um, specifically uh, witchcraft in general. Um, and so we, we have kids all the time where I'm like, Hey, uh, I'll just get the way the Lord speaks to me. A lot of times this is through words of knowledge. And so I'll be praying for someone I'm like, Hey, uh, I don't know if this is going to sound weird or whatever, but I feel like you've been, um, actively messing with different crystals and different things like that. Does that make any sense? Are you trying to have like some sort of out of body experience? They're like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, well the Lord wants you to know that none of that is real. And, but he's very real and he wants to encounter you right now. Kids just kind of the Holy spirit through that kind of stuff all the time. And so the reason why I think there's hope is because, you know, if we have people who are actively looking to weed into different spiritual encounters to solve their anxiety, then it makes the gospel really easy to promote. Cause it's like, Hey, uh, you don't have to get high to have peace. Like you just need an encounter with Jesus. And you don't have to, you know, pay the a shaman or someone t- in order to tell you about the future, but you can read the scriptures and recognize that there's a promise for your life, you know? And so, I mean, there's just, it makes, it makes, you know, if we look at our job as proclaimers of the kingdom of heaven, you know, in a sense, we're kind of like salesmen, you know, <laughs> like, Hey, I'm just selling you on Jesus, you know? <laughs> and so it makes that job very easy when they're actively looking for something spiritual and like already, you know? And so Gen Z, I think has a lot of issues, but I think really more often than not, I'm recognizing that even more than millennials, they are hungry for spiritual things, which is really, really cool. And I mean, we saw with millennials, you know, through, you know, trying to reach millennials, that's when we, that's where we had the, the mega church, you know, seeker sensitive kind of model kind of come to fruition because I think millennials were so burned out by phony, you know, spiritual manifestations and stuff. And so now Gen Z is like the, the pendulum has swung so far the opposite direction that they're like, is Christianity even real? You know, does it even have any sort of like meat or substance to it? And so they're actively looking for something, you know, to encounter them, looking for the Holy Spirit to meet with them in a real way. So I think it, I think it makes the, I think it makes the promotion of the gospel really, really easy for their generation, which is exciting. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's it's that identity piece. It feels like is like because you hit the victimization thing and and then yeah. the the different genders and yeah, it's it it's. It's interesting to see a generation so not have identity yes um and then begin to grasp in those areas because like you know baby boomers uh, or or gen x like yeah y- you know they they didn't have identity but they reached for work mm-hmm. you know and and millennials like we're a little bit more justice centric than probably like a lot of the justice movements being actually yeah. led by millennials it's not gen z even though yeah. some of them will will jump into it but like it's mm-hmm. being led by angry millennials who want yeah. their life to have some sort of purpose so they're identifying yeah. with some some cause and then making that their life cause yeah which is supposed to be the gospel and gen z it <laughs> seems to be this victimization thing because it's like there's yeah. not much they don't like capitalism they don't like yeah. <laughs> you know like, they yeah. don't they don't like all that kind of stuff they they don't even necessarily connect in the same way to all the justice causes but they're like 
hey, we're yeah. depressed, we're suicidal, <laughs> like all this yeah. identity. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, when victimization becomes your identity, then hope becomes antithetical to who you are. Hmm. That's good. And so then it's like, it's one thing to have a season where I don't feel right or I don't, where I feel depressed or I have, I'm in a season where I, 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 you know, even question, you know, things about who I am. But when I identify something, then, then anything that's opposite of that is an attack, not just onto what I do, but onto who I am, you know, which is why, um, you know, I think it's really important for youth pastors in this season to be able to talk about homosexuality and transgenderism in a way that is coherent, is biblically sound, and where you can find a way to fit identity into anything that you talk about. Because otherwise, you're preaching a gospel that is inviting people into relationship with Jesus, but you're also forgetting that you're that you're not even inviting them into relationship with Jesus. You're like, you also have to remind them of who they even are. Like you're a son, you're a daughter, you, you have intrinsic value, you know? And so like identity is such a huge thing right now. And, and I think that, you know, the more that we kind of learn how to uh, talk about these things in a way that is biblically sound. You know, I heard this, uh, I I think it was Nathan Finocchio. He was talking about how, um, there are, see, there's generations and, and it's kind of like the pendulum swing idea, uh, idea, idea that, uh, in the center of our faith is, you know, the grace in the mercy of Jesus, the gospel, the good news, right? Mm-hmm. It's the center of who we are, but then there's boundaries around the edge and there's different generations that ask for different things. And so there's different questions that generations are asking for, right? And so, I think in millennials, uh, we were hit so hard with the boundary that we began to ask, okay, but what is Christianity really even about, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we swung the pendulum back to the center, right? Well, hey, we have like, you know, the Judah Smiths and the, you know, all those types of guys come forward. They're really awesome at um, defining and, and portraying the mercy and the grace of God, Right. I mean, I can't even tell you how many how many youth camps and different things I've gone to where the only thing they talk about is the mercy and the love of God, which is awesome, right? Like this is great. Um, but now the the culture is asking for the definition. What's the border? How far can I go? Like, can I be homosexual and still be Christian? Can I? You know, they're asking the the new questions. Isn't we get we understand? Okay, Jesus is all loving, but then what's the border? Where where does that? What does the edge look like? Right. Mm-hmm. But now we have pastors that are afraid to define the edge because we still are remembering the '90s when that's all we talked about. We can't listen to, uh, you can't listen to non-Christian music. You can't go to the rated R movies. You can't uh, go anywhere within four blocks of a bar. You know, <laughs> like all these different things, and uh, and so we hit we hit the border so hard that we're like that like millennials are still even gun shy to even talk about the border. But the part, the hard part about Gen Z is that's, this is the question they're asking, right? I can't even tell you how many kids come up to me and say, well, can I be homosexual and still be a Christian? Or, uh, hey, what do you, what does the Bible say about transgenderism? You know, or, and like people, they want to know. And it's not because they're, it's not like they're trying to seek some argument or they have some vendetta against the church. They're honestly saying, hey, what is, what is my life? 
this is my struggle. What does my life look like as a Christian? Or am I even a Christian if I have this struggle? You know, and so um, I think it's really important for us to keep intention both, like the both and. Like I'm inviting you in by preaching the sinner, right? The sinner of the gospel is the good news of Jesus. Like this is the this is the in- invitation, right? But then once you're invited in and you come into the family of God, you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you have to also recognize that there is a border. There is a there is a there is a rules, like there is regulations and rules, but it's not based off of, you know, it, it's all in this tension of mercy, right? It's all in this tension yeah. of love and grace. And that you know, if you fall, if you're consistently around the border, then like in your your whole life is on the edge of this thing, then it's not that we hate you. It's that God ultimately in scripture has defined for generations, thousands of generations, that these things ultimately lead to death. And either God is true and every man is a liar or he's a liar and the culture is true. And so we choose to believe that Jesus and the word of God is true. It's this is the truth is not relative. It's not up for debate. It's it's the word of God is true, period. And if he says that these things ultimately lead to death, then regardless of how I feel, regardless of how I identify, regardless of what my life may feel like in this season, I have to recognize that at the end, the creator gets to define his creation. And if if the creator of a product says not intended for use of, you know, and then all these different things, like not intended, like on a blow dryer, we see this all the time, the little sticker that says, do not put in the bathtub, right? Because if you put it in the bathtub, bad things happen. It will, it will kill your blow dryer. And I think the scripture is really just, you know, these are the things that, these are the warning labels on the, on the string of your blow dryer life, right? Like, mm-hmm. like these are the things that God's saying, hey, at the end, you can do it, like, sure, but don't sue me when it like blows up your blow dryer because I put a label on it and I said, hey, look, this isn't going to be good. It's not going to be beneficial for your life. And, you know, I think the problem with right now is that because the root of all this stuff is identity, is that there's this realization that, oh, wait, well, if God loves me, but he doesn't love this aspect of me, but this is who I am, then God doesn't love me, right? Yeah. And so... I think it's just really important to be able to, I, to like, like I never, like when I say, when, when referencing homosexuality and transgenderism, uh, I, I'm very cautious about even saying like, if you are gay, I say, if you have a temptation around homosexuality, you know, because that's, it's just really important that we remove the identity politics out of that kind of uh, lifestyle, out of those types of conversations and be able to say, Hey, look, this is something that you struggle with 100%. And you can struggle with it from birth. For all men are born into the world, you know, right? We're, we're all born into sin. We're all born with proclivities. We're all born into this stuff. Like, I, absolutely, if you want to say you're born this way, go for it, you know? But we are born again, right? We're, we're, we are born into a new life in Jesus. And my old life is gone. Behold, all things have been made new, right? And so, I mean, these are the basics of the gospel. But um, I think the the hard thing that we're kind of coming up against with this generation is that everything that I feel is who I am. And if you tell me that my feelings are not my truth or you go against my truth, 
then you hate me as a person. It's just, it's just not true. It's just, it's just, it's just all, it's all just this, uh, it's just this goofy way of looking at the world. And, uh, and I, I think it's really a sad place to live too. And I think that's really why we see so many people struggling with suicide right now is that at the end of the day, um, I don't know who I am. And so I don't, I, what, what's, what does it matter if I'm not here? Right. And so, uh, I think identity has got to be one of the biggest things that we can talk about as a church, especially for this next generation and really just reminding them of who they are, uh, in God, who they are, um, just in life and, and, and really being able to have candid conversations about like, Hey, you may feel this way. This might be how you feel, but feelings aren't, aren't God and they're good. I think pastor Russell says it this way, that feelings are good, uh, are good indicators, but they're terrible roadmaps. Like they're a good way to, to, to gauge where I'm at but they're a mm-hmm. terrible way to navigate how I live my life. Cause we'll go all over the place. My feelings. I feel, I feel all sorts of different ways all the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not a good way to live. Man. You just said, you said a lot there. That was really good. Um, I like, I like that you broke down the need for identity with also recognizing it and, and discussing the sin side of it. Um, you didn't say it exactly that way, but that's kind of what I'm drawing yeah. out of it. Because like, if you just talk about the sin side of it, and it is they see it as their identity, their truth, yeah. and it's it is you saying, you know, because obviously God hates sin, so it's you saying mm-hmm. God hates you. And yeah, like that's how it's received. But if they yeah, don't yeah. understand the the new creation identity, the sonship identity, like that mm-hmm. side of it, and all of that has to be so saturated in love and yeah. and in something real, and I and I think that that's most of the fire and brimstone teaching we grew up with actually some of it was uh good yeah to be completely honest i know i know it gets a lot of hate from millennials but like a lot of people got saved under that and Mm -hmm. i i sat under one of the greatest evangelists of our time um in in that time period in the in the 90s and stuff and just watched those altar calls and just what that would do in the room and um you know, and, and, but then I, and then the love and the grace balance came in and I think that was good. And like, I love how you described the pendulum. Um, but it's just like, we have gotten to that point where we don't want to talk about hell. We don't want to talk about yeah. anything hard. And the truth is, like you said, Gen Z has those questions and millennials yeah. are like, we're so offended by all of it. And, and <laughs> like you said, not seeing power, actually almost every atheist I've ever met um, almost every single one is Catholic or Pentecostal, like upbringing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you get down to it, the Catholic side, it was just so, so rules and restrictions. And like, this is, you know, yeah. it's just like that, that didn't do anything for them. And the Pentecostal side, if you actually talk to them, it's almost always, they constantly talked about power. They constantly talked about God encountering people, like all this stuff and nothing mm-hmm. ever happened. And, yeah. um, that's that has created we've created a lot of atheists in that way yeah but then they have an encounter with god maybe even something they they can't put words to or can't wrap Mm -hmm. their mind around um Mm -hmm. and it just it opens them up again yeah um yeah you hit some really good stuff there 
Hey, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm making sense. <laughs> I, w- I want to put you on the spot a little bit because you you mentioned yeah. one of the questions you get uh, is things like you know, what does the Bible say about transgenderism? Um, yeah, yeah. So how do you answer that question? What does the Bible say about transgenderism? Yeah, well, we believe that every person is beautifully and wonderfully made, and uh, I think a lot of it too just comes down to. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to just, you know, feeling. And I think it's funny, too, how a lot of people... So there's this idea going around right now. I I just learned about it, and I think it's really, really helpful um, when talking about ideas like this, is that the the first person to inform you of a topic is the expert on the subject. Hmm. Okay. So think about it. The first person that you heard about for keep it, keep it relevant. First person talked about vaccines, right? First person you heard talk about vaccines. The first time that they bring up a new argument or a new topic, they become the expert. And then everything else is then having to defend against what you've already heard and taken as truth. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so when we talk about transgenderism, this is something that, a lot of people have struggled with for a long time. And even though they might be 14, 15 and finally coming to this point where they're like, yes, this is who I am. Um, I think what's really important is that we have to make the distinction from is something that you're interested in that someone then said, because you are interested in dolls at a young age and then said, you must be a girl are you taking that first element of truth that you've heard or perceived truth? Is that what you're taking in as your truth? And then because they were the first person to say it or the first thing that you heard about gender um, in that in your life, was it someone saying something negative or opposite of who you actually are, right? Because um, nobody's going up to me and saying, you like baseball, you you're a boy right you know like nobody's saying like it's just there's no reason to say that but if the first but if you're interested in something that might be perceived as opposite gender then you have a parent an uncle a friend you know whatever coming up to you and saying wow you're interested in that you must be a girl or you're probably a boy or whatever you know and then it's just got, it's just those first little nuggets of confusion yeah. um and so uh, i think i think that has a lot to do with it. And the more that I'm talking to people, the more I'm like, like you'll hear these stories of people who are like, yeah, well I've known that I was transgender since I was five or since I was four. It's like, how I didn't know anything at four or five, you know, much less that to question everything about my body and makeup and who I am, you know? And so yeah. I think the first thing is just to recognize that like maybe the, the truth that you've heard for a long time isn't actually truth. It's perceived truth. I think the second part is recognizing that the Lord in his goodness, for whatever reason, decided to put you in the body that you are in, right? Like, and while things might feel opposite or feel strange to you, we come to our most, our most fullest point of life when we, we recognize that God made me who I am for a reason, and really, I think the biggest, the biggest root of all this is just this, this doubt that God knows what he's doing, right? Like, 
And, and I think that's the biggest hurdle with um, transgenderism is that, well, I feel best when I'm acting this way or when I change my name to this or when I, uh, when I do these types of things or when I dress this certain way, like this is how I feel the most like myself. I think the biggest issue with all that is that you're allowing your own self to define who you are instead of asking the Lord, is this who I am? Like, who am I? You know, like the first thing we see in, um, with Jesus, the first words that the Lord says over Jesus is, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And this happens before, this happens right after baptism, you know, and Jesus hasn't done anything special. He hasn't, he hasn't healed anybody. He's just been baptized. But first thing is the Lord, the Lord validates his gender. First of all, says, this is my son, right? doesn't say this is my creation. He doesn't say this is my uh, offspring. He says, this is my son. And then says, and who I'm well pleased. And I think once we have the realization and allow the Lord to speak to us the truth of who we really are and just say, God, this might be how I feel, but who do you say that I am, right? Mm. Like, who are you? Who do you define me as? I think that's really where it comes down to. It's just a lot of people we'll put certain things on off limits for the Lord. So we don't pray about them. We don't ask the Lord about them. And that's what I found for most people that struggle with transgenderism is it's something that they want the Lord to just accept, but they don't ever want to bring to the table to discuss with the Lord. It's like, well, well, I can talk about anything, God, but I'm not going to talk to you about this. And I think it's really just rooted in that, that guilt, that shame, or that, uh, that realization that maybe this isn't who I am. And I'm afraid for to hear, you know, it's like it's when you want to, like if you want to ask your parents for something or you want to ask, you know, your wife for something, but then you're like, she's not going to say yes. Or she's not, she, she's already going to, you already got your mind made up what the answer is. So you don't even bother asking for it because you just mm-hmm. don't want to hear the answer because it's going to be something you don't want to hear. I think that's a lot of the time how people with struggle, the struggle with transgenderism, it, the way that they view the Lord is that I don't want to ask this because I've already made up my mind on what he's going to say. Mm. And uh, so then they don't. But I think the, but yeah, I think the big thing with it is just recognizing that God loves you just the way you are. And so if you're struggling with transgenderism, if you found this podcast and you're struggling with transgenderism, I just want to encourage you. God loves you just how you are. But I would also encourage you ask the Lord who you are. And you know, I think what's really interesting when the Lord speaks to me is he always calls me son. Like he's for one of the first things he says to me every time is son, this is what I'm saying. Son, this is what's going on. And, and I think the Lord just loves to re-identify and just re-speak truth over us. And, you know, if these are the questions you're asking and maybe it's based off of something someone said or something someone did to you, then you know, our experiences don't get to define us, but the Lord does. And, you know, just having to make the decision that, you know, God is speaking truth to me. I think one of the craziest things that I heard, I saw this girl on, actually on TikTok. I'm on TikTok too much. Okay. But, um, <laughs> this girl is on TikTok and, um, and when she started talking, I could tell that she was, uh, um, retransitioning. So she had transitioned to be a male. I think she lived as a male for four years and then she was trans detransitioning back to her original gender of, of being a female. She got saved, 
had all these demons cast out of her as wildness. And she's telling her story and she's saying that she's saying, I was so upset when I figured out that the devil was going after my identity because it was the one thing that I did that was the one thing that he was going after. And she said it was the very thing that he never should have had the right to go after. Mm. And I think that's so true that like, when we look at like, like I think sometimes we just think that, well, this is just my feelings. Or this is whatever. But I mean, really it's this, I mean, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against chemical imbalances. We don't wrestle against our mental state. We wrestle against principalities, powers, and evil rulers of this dark world. You know, we, we wrestle against principalities and we wrestle against the devil and, and he's looking to devour us. And when we look at what he's doing to society, I mean, and what he's doing to people, it's like, man, I want the Lord to bring and speak truth to people because he's going after things that people don't even have the gauge to recognize that he's attacking. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. this is who I am. Like, how, how would I ever, how would I ever think that to, to recognize that that's something that's being attacked? Cause it's something that's so counterintuitive. Like nobody's thinking about like, Hey, my, maybe my identity or who I, how I identify or maybe the way that I'm, I, I view myself is under attack. You know, it's like, so so backwards to even think that way but the realization is that it is and whether you identify as homosexual or transgender or whatever i mean identify as an alcoholic identify as you know porn addict or whatever identify like maybe you identify as someone that's just um you know has an inability to stop sleeping around or as a sex addict, you know, it doesn't matter what, if it's homosexual or heterosexual, it doesn't matter, you know, what your gender, what your gender is. It's just the big thing that matters. Just like, Hey, my identity at the end of the day is rooted and defined by Jesus. And if that's not where I'm getting my identity from, then we have to look back at the question that God spoke to Adam in the garden. Who told you that? Who told you that? And like, who told you that you weren't, transgender or that you were transgender who told you that you were homosexual who told you all these things because the lord doesn't speak to us in those ways and if he's not speaking it then i don't want to believe it and if it's Mm -hmm. if it's coming from the father of lies then at the end of the day it's a lie and you know the lord only speaks truth over us yeah it's funny it's funny you bring that up because i was thinking about that there's a uh there's a, a tiktok trend tiktok and instagram right now that is like it's basically like somebody sharing something and then the other person's like, who told you that? Mm-hmm. And like, have you seen that one that's yeah. going around? Yeah, yeah. And so it'll be like, you know, some, something abusive in our relationship and just like saying, oh yeah, like this is how it is. And then the other person's like, who told you that? Um, yeah. And then, and then it's them like really thinking about it. And so it's like, it's clearly part of the culture to begin mm-hmm. to question those things. You know, one of the things I, I've heard is, uh, and I've used this this line a lot, but like, if you can if you can fully understand God and yeah. and fit God into your thinking, He's not God. Yeah. And so, in the same way, like, if we if we think that we can define ourselves, mm-hmm. um, it's like we we've made ourselves our own God. Like that wow. we we understand that better. Um, yeah. And that's just it's a really dangerous place to be in, especially because. We, we believe lies all the time and like mm-hmm. our our minds like we we actually can't trust our thoughts you know in that way yeah. enough to like change the the whole traje- uh, trajectory of our life based on something that we think 
Um, yeah. Like we, we need, we need the Holy spirit. We need his guidance. We need his, his stamp of approval. Um, you know, I, I think about you, you talk about the, the rule of first mentions mm-hmm. and like for, for millennials. And I, the way I've heard that used has been millennials in the sex talk. Cause mm-hmm. like a lot of millennials didn't get the sex talk, went to school and the, you know, yeah. the first mention of sex was their friend with a playboy magazine that they found under their dad's bed or yeah, yeah. finding it on the internet um, you know, st- stuff like that, or, you know, a, a, a older brother or their friend does something to them. Yeah. It. You know, it's like that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's your first experience with sex. Yeah. And, and instead of the parents being the defining factor of like, Hey, this is what sex is. This is what's mm-hmm. healthy. This is the, the boundaries, the guidance, like all that, like instead it became uh, their friend or the yeah. school or, yeah. you know, whatever. And we're seeing that now. Um, it's just, it, it's just grown. And mm-hmm. now it's, it's here in Seattle, at least it's like as early as kindergarten, they're teaching sex ed and asking, you know, as they get a little bit older, I, I don't know what grade it is, but still elementary, they ask them about their sexual attractions and things. And it's like, these kids aren't even old enough to have sexual attractions. Yeah. Um, like they aren't old enough to, to, to know what they are and they, they don't need to know about different sexual positions or you know like it's yeah. just like or or fetishes and things it's like why are yeah. we but it's the first mentions thing and this gets back mm-hmm. to like how important it is that we have a place in culture because we mm-hmm. can i'm not a big fan of tiktok and it it's more from a millennial like i don't like tiktok kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah. but it is important to be in those places because we could be the first one we could yeah. be that first mention if we're in those places, we could be the yeah. first one to inform them about their identity, about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as parents, like youth pastors, leaders, whatever it might be, like mm-hmm. we need to take Gen Z under our wing and just really love on them, give them identity, have yeah. those conversations. Cause somebody is like, somebody's yeah. going to disciple the culture. Somebody's going to lead them. And we have a decision to make whether or not we're willing to do that. And this yeah. taking a backseat to culture thing that we've been doing, yeah. for so long it's just like it's not working yeah no it's not and we can't we just can't make cheesy 90s shirts uh <laughs> <laughs> steal it from the culture and, and put a jesus fish in it yeah um, like it's we actually got we've got to be in it like yeah. in the culture but not of it on tiktok on the in these places like i actually love it in the word benny gave you he's like you guys look like the culture but you're not part of the culture yeah and uh, like that, that's true. Like you're just not, you can't dress like a, a, a Baptist pastor from the nineties and, <laughs> and be a youth group leader and expect yeah. to have any kind of ability to relate to these kids. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I, I agree. I think that, uh, a lot of people too, it's just, just to encourage some, maybe, maybe a youth pastor or small group leader or whatever, you know, that's so afraid to talk about the culture and stuff like that. Every single Wednesday night, every single Wednesday night, I will find a way in every sermon to fit identity, homosexuality, and transgender into them, into this, into the topic every single Wednesday. And I'm not blatantly saying it every Wednesday, like, Hey, let's talk about homosexuality, but you gotta be able to fit this type of stuff and fit the questions that the culture is asking into any topic that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I know that some people are like, well, easy for you to say you got 20 kids come to your youth group. 
no, we are on the verge of breaking 200 at our youth group. And so yeah. we're not some small church, little backwards. They're, they're still coming. It's they're still, still growing. Coming. Yeah, we're bring, they're bringing friends in the past, uh, I think in the past uh, two months, we've had over 100 first-time guests um, just crazy. at our youth group. And so, I mean, we're growing, we're exploding, God's doing incredible things. And so I just want to kind of break off this stigma and this ideology that like, hey, if if I talk about the culture, then I like, and if I come at it from a biblical worldview, then I won't be relevant and kids won't want to come. It's just not true. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every week I mention weed and drug use because that's one of the questions that the students in our group are asking, you know? And so it's not because that's anything that I even have ever struggled with. I've never, I've never, you know, got drunk. You know, I know I don't struggle with that kind of stuff. And so it's not something that I'm actively struggling with, but I know that's one of the questions that my kids are asking. And so, you know, yeah. I just, well, and, and people would say to that, well, you know, why are you going to focus on that? Focus on mm-hmm. Jesus. But like I can say as a witness, I've seen the youth group, are there some of the fieriest, mm-hmm. like they're the ones down Sunday, yeah. you know, on Sundays and stuff. They're the ones worshiping, pressing in, crying, like, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Why not both? You know, like, why can't we talk about, and I think that's the problem is that we either think it's, we either think that we're, this pendulum has to swing one way or the other mm-hmm. way. You know, we can't ride the wave in the middle because that's where the, that's where it takes real skills as a communicator. That's where it takes real skills as a leader to be able to handle the both and like where you can talk about politics, but remain, but be able to have people on the left and the right still be equally offended. Right. Like where you can talk about, um, uh, uh, sexual identity and still have, like we still have students that are transgender and we still have students that are homosexual that come to our youth group and still feel like they're a part. But like I said, I'm mentioning this stuff all the time. It's not something that we just kind of talk about or that I even, I'm, I, I'm, I will probably never do a series on sexual identity because I talk about it all the time. It's not something that we need to necessarily say, hey, we're going to talk about this for two weeks, you know, and bring all your friends. It's like, no, it's like, no, we're, t- we're talking about this all the time because what the culture is wanting, they're, they're curious about. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, I think it's, I think for us, it's just, we as as leaders, as, as, uh, you know, influencers, all this kind of stuff, we have to be able to talk about this stuff in a way where I can hit the boundary. I can hit the questions that the culture is asking, but then always have the ability to turn any sort of topic, anything back to, and Jesus loves you. He's got good plans for your life. He wants to have relationship with you and adopt you into his family. He wants to birth you again into new life you know like like this is being able to talk about both like i, I hate the people that are like we need like like uh we put po- we posted our sign on our building that says uh heal the sick cast out demons uh raise the dead and heal the leper i think it's what it says on our, our building and just this invitation from jesus we find in i think it's matthew chapter is that eight ten, ten. Yeah. yeah yeah and so uh, it's, just, it's the words of Jesus. It's a, it's obviously scripture, and uh, and I got I posted a picture of it, and I had someone say, "Why don't you guys talk about the gospel more or something like that?" <laughs> and I'm like, "This is the gospel. Like, what are we talking about? Like, 
y'all are nuts. Yeah. And it's just this idea that like if we talk about anything other than Jesus for five minutes, it's like we're we're ruining the culture. And it's like y'all are y'all are ridiculous. But it's also the people that think that way that aren't aren't impacting anyone. You know, it's just people that have a religious spirit that just just want to be yeah. critical of everything. And yeah. so yeah. So that's so true. <laughs> Uh, I'm so I'm so tired of sideline critics. It's like you haven't been yeah. in the game and you have opinions on how everyone else is in the how's, how they're playing. Yeah. Like, yeah, go go somewhere. Yeah, show me your fruit. Show me your fruit, and then we can yeah. talk. How many people have you led to Jesus in the past week? Because I've led 28. So where's your where's your <laughs> where's your fruit? You know, like I don't I don't care. And I think I think getting to the point where. I'm getting to the point, maybe it's just because I'm getting old and senile, uh, I'm like 29, you know, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I'm getting to the point where I'm just like, you know what? You can hate me if you want and you can talk bad things about me. And I've been called every name in the book really since moving to Seattle. I've had, I've had more people hate me since moving here than ever in my life. But, um, I know I'm doing what the Lord's calling me to do and it's good, you know, mm-hmm. and it's worth it. And, and usually the people that, are the most hated or the not the most hated the people are the most hateful are how are the people that have the most self-hatred right mm-hmm. you know like it's just i i hate to i would hate to live inside someone's mind that has that much you know anger because mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's like man you're really upset with everything that i say i can't imagine living inside your mind and critiquing everything that you say you know like that's got to be hell like so yeah it's just crazy people are nuts right now but it's all good. God be the glory. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, it's something else. I, I wish like, cause like Cal, the West coast in general, like we're kind mm-hmm. of like the sign of where we are, we're the far end, end of the pendulum, you know, yes. like, yes. And it swings between like super conservative and here. And sometimes we meet, meet in the middle and it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we're at the place where there's some major, uh, Russell and I actually had a conversation about this, but like with some of the cancel culture and some of that stuff, like Mm -hmm. I think we're at a point where we're going to see the pendulum swing back. Um, and I think we have at least one more swing in us. Mm -hmm. And, and so like it swung pretty progressive this time and it's going to come back because most of the country doesn't actually agree with the stuff that's happening. Yeah. And then it's, but the next time it swings, it's going to be pretty, pretty far. Yeah, that might that might be in 20 years. It might be in 30 years. Who knows? But like we actually have to there's a reason to address this stuff now. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's going to it's really going to impact our 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 children and our children's children. Yeah, we don't if we don't get serious about some of this and and not that everyone needs to be political or or be involved in everything, but you should know what's going on. Like yeah. it, it's absolutely insane. Like just speaking of the transgender thing, like I have a friend, most of the, most of the people I've seen that the kids that are coming as transgender or whatever, like mm-hmm. little kids, I've seen it living in Seattle now, like little boys in dresses and things like that. And it's like, Jeez. you look at the parent and you can see the dysfunction. Like yeah. you, you can see, Oh, you took your dysfunction and you put that on your child. Yeah. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy demonic there's like there's a school right next to our house that has a whole thing about um protecting transgender kids and like it like everything there is like wow. that in, in the city um 
And so I don't think most of the country realizes that or most of the world. I know we have people from all, all over the world that listen to this. Like, yeah. that's where America's at. And now I'm watching my friends in, like, Central America and South America. Like, they're having fights now in their country that is, like, the stuff, like, Roe v. Wade, you know? Yeah. That they're like, wow. should we legalize abortion? They're that far behind where we're at. And I'm like, wow. please see. I'm telling these pastors, like, please see how how far this can go if you yes. don't stand up in your country and stand up for yes. this right. And it's not even about being political, but it's about, it's about actually like the gospel. It's about generations of babies being killed. Like, yeah. it's like, it's much bigger than our political preferences or who'd you vote for or, you know, yeah. so I, I'm, I'm seeing the impact of it. And then we have kids who are about to go to school and I'm just like, I can't send my kids to the schools here and, yeah. and give my kids eight hours a day to be indoctrinated with this stuff. And so I have a friend who he, good good father. So in this case, it's not where he took his dysfunction and put it on his, his, his daughter. But he's got a 13-year-old mm-hmm. who is what we would have called a tomboy when mm-hmm. we were growing up. And she's just like, she has tomboy tendencies. She likes, mm-hmm. you know, to get messy or play around. She's not super mm-hmm. girly. And so some days she says she's a girl. Some days she says she's a boy. And yeah. because of that, and he's like trying to have those conversations with her of like, hey, this isn't, that's not true. Like you can yeah. actually be a, you can still be a girl who just likes to do like things yeah. like that. Like, yeah. And, and so it's just, that's the level of, commu- of, of, uh, brainwashing yeah. essentially that's, that's happening in, in our society. Wow. And if, if people, I know they're seeing like, I've had, I have friends and stuff who see pursuit and, and other places in the country. And it just like, I know it doesn't make sense to them when yeah. we're like, Russell is so vocal about stuff and, and yeah. how, I mean, he's about to do a series. It's funny. We have a revival. And so the church is probably going to grow a little bit. And then he's doing a series on like LGBT. <laughs> I know. Like, I know that'll, that'll, uh, it's, it's very, how it's how Jesus did it. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get you all excited and like you'll encounter me and then I'll say something really scary. That'll cut away <laughs> a lot of the crowd. Um, I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, I'm really excited <laughs> but, for that series though. Oh, it's, it's going to be good. If anybody can tackle that, Russell can. But I, I think yeah. people around the world, around the country, like are like, why are you being so political? Why are you getting like, you guys just need to focus on on revival. You know that, you know that's not what God's focused on, and all this stuff. Like, love your neighbor, yeah. all that kind of thing. And it's like you aren't seeing it. Like you yeah. aren't seeing because this, as Seattle goes and California goes, it will begin to leak into the rest of the country. It will happen. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can if we can head it off here, it can actually save the rest of the country in some ways. Yeah, and I, I think too, like the idea of like uh, moral neutrality, you know, that like, I, like I, th- I think one of the wildest things that's coming out right now is how many people are pro-choice but anti-abortion. Mm. Have you heard about this? Yes, a little bit. It's so wild to me that someone can be pro-choice but think that abortions are terrible and the re and their whole thing is that i don't want to impose my morality onto someone else yeah and i but, i haven't been in that situation so i don't want to tell them how to exactly how they should handle that situation exactly exactly and it's like it's like okay but you do realize that you are that that's a moral statement right like that you saying that they have the right to choose this is still moral. Like it's, and it's not like amoral, like it's lacking morality. 
it's still moral. Like you're still making a moral statement on this type of stuff. And so, I mean, we're seeing this all over uh, politics and all over the the moral. Uh, like, like, there's a lot of people who are like, well, I don't believe that homosexuality is right, but who am I to tell someone else that it's wrong, right? Or I don't believe that people should be transgender, but who am I to tell them that they can't be that, you know? It's this idea of, like, I guess I, I can't impose my morality onto someone else. We do it all the time, you know? And the mm-hmm. culture does it all the time. Like, it's also, according to the culture, to have a viewpoint that's against someone else's free will is the worst thing that's ever happened. But to have a, but to be able to say it and like, it's just so wild. It's like, it's like, okay, but I'm, I'm not saying that like you're terrible. I'm just saying that I don't agree with you and that I don't want to, I, I, it's not like my free will says that I shouldn't have to support that. Right. And so I don't know. I think this idea of like moral neutrality is just really, really wild right now. I think this is where like culture is starting to head towards is this idea that, well, as long as I don't tell people what to do, then I'm more, moral than the person next to me because the highest moral statement that I can make is everyone can exercise their free will. But then also the same people that are saying this are the people that are supporting vaccine mandates and you know everything else. It's just as long as you agree then then let's go for it. But as soon as we disagree on something then then how could you and you know it's just it's just nuts. And so I don't know. I think it's just craziness but but yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the idea that 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 we like we as Christians we have to recognize that we have a responsibility to uphold a moral standard in society. Like we like the laws that exist, uh, the way that we view the world, the way like even social justice movements. These things all started based off of the church. And us having the ability to say, no, this is morally right to do this or to not do this. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, prior to Jesus coming on the scene, someone that had a birth defect was seen as uh, cursed by the gods, right? And so Mm -hmm. they weren't someone that we helped. They weren't someone that we sought to impact. But instead, they were someone that we saw to help the Lord, right, would be actually to ostracize them, right, because they're cursed by God. So I'm partnering with God's curse on them by not helping them, right? And so after Jesus, he's flipping all that up on his head. And so now we have these social justice movements that are really based off of the relationship that we have with Jesus, and that's how it all started, in the same way, we have laws and morality in the world that it's all based off of the teachings of Jesus. And so, you know, for us to see the world as, you know, like the, the highest good in the world is not free choice or free will, right? Like the highest good in the world is things that are just and things that have high moral standards. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that the... <laughs> think that we need a society that has the ability to be able to say no this is wrong and this is why it's wrong and sorry if you feel this way but this is morally wrong and be able to stick with our convictions hold tight to scripture 
hold true to the apostles creeds and you know all these things you know like if we can just stay stay true to the old uh theology that has formed and shaped us for 2000 years i think we're going to be okay um but we yeah. just have a lot of people who are just buying into this idea that like well if i can just let everyone live their life then i'm super moral but man that's not the way that jesus lived we don't find that anywhere in scripture and and god loves people too much the way that we've heard it over the years is that you know god loves you right where you're at but he loves you too much to let you stay that way and it's so true that jesus in of himself he loves people exactly where they're at but it doesn't mean that he supports everything that we do. He doesn't affirm everything that you are or that you say yeah. that you are. He wants you to change. He wants you to be more like him. And yeah. Jesus isn't confused. Jesus isn't transgender. Jesus isn't homosexual, you know, and he wants us to look like him. And so, yeah, he loves us. He loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. Exactly. Is that how, I think that's how Russell yeah. Somebody yeah. said it this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. Awesome. Well, hey, um, as a uh, to kind of close this out, one of the things that I ask my guests, um, two things. One is how can people follow you? Um, yes. So what's the best best way for people to follow you? Uh, so all of my socials are at Alex Birkins. I have a very unique name in the sense that I'm the only Alex Birkins on the internet. So, uh, <laughs> all my handles are my name first and last name. And so that's awesome. Yeah. Lucky you. I know. Ryan, Ryan Rhodes is like a professional boxer. There's a collegiate wrestler. <laughs> There's like all kinds of stuff. It's just such a common. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So go out and follow Alex. Um, you know, Keep up with what what God's doing in him. It's pretty amazing. Um, so in a second, I'm going to give you. Uh, you can take as long as you need. Um, yeah, yeah. Typically a couple, a minute or two. Um, of I, I like to ask this question: If all of humanity tuned into this this podcast right now, um, what would you like to say to them? So while you think about that for a second. Um, and it's a big question. I purposely yeah. don't uh, don't give it to you ahead of time. So if all of humanity was listening, I, and you're just going to speak right to them, um, and so not to me, but speak right, right to all of them, like as if you're addressing all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but while he thinks about that, I just want to encourage you, if, if this podcast has impacted you in any way, um, please, please like, share, follow, all the stuff. Um, share it with your friends. Send it uh, to people you know. Um, post on your social media. Uh, also, go and on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate the podcast, give us five stars, um, and, and tell people what you think about it. That actually helps us show up higher in the search history when people, or not search history, but the search uh, search bar when people are looking for our podcast. Um, so that stuff is super helpful. Also, if if this has impacted you in any way, uh, would you please consider? giving uh giving a gift of support you can go to firemovement.com slash support and you can do a one-time or monthly gift that helps us continue to grow the podcast continue to do what we do um, and expand it which is really awesome so got lots of big things planned for this season uh, it's, it's great to have alex on as our, our first guest uh, but there are many more to come as well as several round tables where we'll get into uh into some great topics so 
once again, consider uh, giving some support. That's firemovement.com slash support. Okay, Alex, giving you a moment. All of humanity is okay. listening. Oh, geez. Speak right to them. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Okay. Yeah, no pressure. It's all of humanity is listening. No, um, just want to encourage everybody. Uh, uh, Psalms 23, I think it's verse 6, says, uh, Surely goodness and mercy, mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I just want to encourage you today that no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus or how far you may be from him or how close you may feel from him, you know, no matter what you're messing with or, you know, how far away you may feel from the Lord, all whenever whenever you're in your journey with uh, with life, if you are in sin, if you are feeling far from the Lord, as soon as you turn around, God's wrath and judgment isn't what finds you. It's his goodness and it's his mercy. And so God's turned towards you with goodness and mercy in his heart. He loves you, has good plans for your life. Amen. Jesus just loves you more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. And man, I'm just, I just am forever thankful for the love of God and, uh, and turn your heart to him and he will never disappoint you. He is a good God, a good father, and he's changed my life. He'll change yours. All right. That's all I have to say. That's good. That's good. And do you want to, you want to pray for our listeners? Yeah. Yeah. Anything, anything you're feeling. And then if you, whatever. Take it. If you feel something, go for it. Okay. God, I thank you today for people listening right now uh, to this podcast. Holy Spirit, we just invite you into the car, the bedroom, the bathroom, wherever they're watching or listening from God. We just thank you, Lord, for meeting them right where they're at. So, Holy Spirit, uh, we just say, speak, Lord, your servants are listening. And God, we just want more of you. And God, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, marking people right now with your presence and just encouraging them, God, right where they're at. God, I thank you, Lord, that you aren't a angry God, but you are a good, loving father who wants his wants relationship with his kids. So, Lord, I just speak right now truth, God, um, over different situations, and I just pray for different uh, people who need healing and breakthrough. God, I just thank you, Lord, for giving them uh, just whatever they're, they're in need of. God, I just thank you, Lord, for just speaking truth to them right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Um, all right. So the Lord speaks to me a lot through uh, words of knowledge. And so I'm just going to go for it. And we'll see if anybody writes in or whatever. And so if this is, makes sense, I'm just going to go for it. So um, like, there's a woman who's listening. And uh, like you've been really uh, worried about your kids. Like you have two sons. And I think they're between the ages of five and ten. And uh, I just want to pray for your kids because they've been struggling uh, at school. And so I just want to pray for you right now. Guys, thank you, Lord, for this mom. And Holy Spirit, we just pray for their kids. Uh, guys, thank you, Lord, for just speaking truth to them. And guys, thank you, Lord, for protecting them. Guys, break off every word from every bully uh, and every person who's tried to attack them at school. And guys, thank you, Lord, for protecting these two sons. Uh, I just hear the Lord just saying that um, he calls them the sons of thunder. Um, and, and in the original text, that, that's an insult, but it's also a prophetic sign of them being able to shake the earth. So, God, right now, I just thank you, Lord, for um, them being able to shake the earth of their school. And, Holy Spirit, we just give them, we just speak truth to them. And, God, I just thank you, Lord, for giving them power. Um, I think there's an older gentleman. I think you're in your 60s. And... Uh, 
I just hear the Lord just saying that everything's going to be okay with your daughter. Um, and so, God, right now I just speak for this. I just pray for this man. God, I pray for his daughter. Uh, I think it's a sickness. I feel like it's a, I feel, almost feel like it's gallbladder disease. I could be wrong. Um, but right now, God, I just thank you, Lord, for speaking, uh, for healing uh, this uh, daughter's body now in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, I speak uh, um, for every uh, every intestinal issue, God, everything that's out of alignment to come back into alignment in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we just speak uh, to go to that uh, daughter right now and touch her with your spirit right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for all pain to go. And God, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, just the healing virtue to go to her right now in Jesus' name. Uh, go for one more, um, and then we'll be done. Uh I feel like there's someone who's uh, 14 years old listening, and uh, uh, I feel like the Lord just wants you to know today, um, I feel like it's a girl, it's a 14-year-old girl, I feel like the Lord just wants you to know that you are so special to Him. I also feel like uh, you don't have a relationship, I feel like you don't have a good relationship with your dad, and God's just saying right now that I will be your father if you'll let me. I feel like the Lord just wants to heal you from any, uh, I just feel like you've just been really questioning a lot about your life and you just don't really, I feel like when we were talking about identity today, a lot of this was just really resonating with you. And I just feel like the Lord just wants you to know that, that, uh, he's healing your mind, um, and that he's going to, through relationship with him as your father, he's going to begin to speak a lot of truth to who you are. So God, I just thank you, Lord, for this um, this loving daughter of yours, Lord, and we just speak truth to her life. God, I pray for peace for her mind. Your Lord, saying that all the anxiety attacks are going to stop right now in Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you, Lord, for healing your mind. And God, speaking truth, God, over her identity. And God, um, tonight, Lord, or today, we just pray, Lord, for all of Gen Z. God, I thank you that you got a special place in your heart for teenagers. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for just, God, just bringing hope to this generation, God, that is so hopeless. God, I just thank you, Lord, for healing mental illness, God, for Gen Z. God, thank you, Lord, for breaking off anxiety off this generation, suicidal thoughts and tendencies off of their, off this generation. God, I just thank you, Lord, for speaking truth, God, to people who need to know who they really are and who you really are. So, Holy Spirit, we just say tonight, we love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So good. Awesome. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on today. And yeah. uh, everyone, like I said, you should go follow Alex, connect with him, uh, send him a DM or something, uh, and uh, come visit our church. Come visit what God's doing at, at the Pursuit here in yeah. Snohomish, Washington, uh, just outside of Seattle. Um, and it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, so Alex, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Had a good time. Well, this has been the Fire Podcast. If this episode has impacted you in any way, please share it with your friends. Please share it on your social media. Send it to your grandma, whoever needs to hear it. Uh, Make sure you get the word out there. And uh, if this ministry has impacted you, we ask that you just consider Uh, Would you consider giving a monthly gift or a one-time gift of support? Your support actually helps us grow this podcast, extend what we're doing, reach more people, um, and there are big things ahead. We really feel like God is doing a lot with this podcast. Uh, I've been along for the ride personally, but my wife and I, we both feel like this is um, something God's asked us to steward well. Uh, So 
Thank you so much for your gifts. Uh, you can go to firemovement.com slash support to give. Uh, and as always, be praying for us and, uh, and share your testimonies. If you have testimonies, reach out to us. Go to our website and reach out to us or um, on social media. Our Instagram is at EncounterFire. That's at EncounterFire. And uh, that's our Instagram handle. You can DM me on there and that'll go right to me. Um, and you can share testimonies. With what's God doing? Did you get healed? Did you get touched? Did you get stirred? Um, those kinds of things that we'd love to hear what God's doing. So thank you guys so much. This has been the Fire Podcast.